Welcome again to Empower a Podcast, episode number five-ish, I think. I think so, um, yeah. Right on. So uh, right before this, we were talking a little bit about what has been going on in the week. Uh, you mentioned you're super busy with, uh, with work mm -hmm. in particular, and you said you wanted to talk about that actually a little bit more on the podcast. Um, so like, what, what's on your mind? What's going down? Yeah, so uh, what Steve's referring to is I actually just got a new job um, in the L.A. area um, at a company that's making a music app. Basically, it's centered around... Um, basically live streaming performances and be able to um, have a simple way of actually adding in cool background effects while the person is performing live. Um, this was really cool. It was kind of born out of COVID and um, I'm pretty excited to be a part of it. It's kind of a culmination of all the different things that I do already, you know, programming, music, uh, performing. So there's a little bit of all that with what I'm doing at work. So I just figured it'd be a cool thing to kind of talk about on the podcast. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that I love is hearing about each individual's journey on how they got this job. Obviously, you you applied somehow, uh, you knew what your skill sets were, but like, what was what's the story behind how you got this job and how it might, um, some lessons that you learned that might apply to anybody that's listening to this if they're in search of a job, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I definitely think being bold, being willing to put yourself out there goes a long way. Um, you mentioned that, um, I can't remember exactly what the term is, but when opportunity when opportunity uh, presents itself, make sure you're ready and prepared. And so what that means for me is we talked way back in the first episode of the podcast about LinkedIn. Well, I've been incredibly active on LinkedIn the past, I would say month and a half to two months. Um, and I think that played a huge part in, in um, getting this because believe it or not, uh, I actually did not apply for the job. I applied for them about six months ago at the beginning of 2021. Um, I didn't hear back, but I was like, you know what? I need to like get in touch with this company. I love what they're working on, but I couldn't remember what their name was. So six months later, they randomly <laughs> popped up on my feed on LinkedIn. I'm like, okay, I recognize this. And I was just like, ah, I still don't apply, qualify for any of these jobs. Screw it. And we just reach out to the senior recruit, the senior engineer and uh, go from there. So I sent a request, he accepted it. And in the same day, I sent him a message. I said, hey, um, I love what you guys are doing. I'm not qualified for any of the jobs you guys are working on. I mean, any of the positions you guys have available. And, um, but I would love to work with you. And he immediately forwarded that message to the founders, I CEO of the company, which was amazing. So um, then I got in touch with him. And then within Within that, <laughs> that the same day, we scheduled a meeting for me to go in LA to to kind of tour their studio uh, that next week. So um, that's that's definitely something that um, I think is a huge takeaway for a lot of the, our audience because definitely uh, something that they teach you in school is hey, apply, apply, apply. But um, another thing is being willing to put yourself out there, and that's something that Steve talks about all the time is networking, and um, if you have the skill set then, you know, put yourself out there and, and see what see what can come of it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I think the, the message or the saying that you're referring to is luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Yep. And uh, that's one of the, the like the mantras that I constantly have in my mind, especially when I'm talking to people that are um, looking for jobs uh, and understanding that luck is where preparation meets opportunity. 
Uh, one of the key components of that is the preparation. The preparation has to do with your skill set. What are the things that you're able to do? And not only that, but what's like your work ethic? Um, because you have to think that when somebody's deciding to hire you for a job, they want to make sure that they know you, like you, and trust you. Those are three, three things that you want to uh, make sure that they know about you. So they know who you are. They like who you are and what, what type of work ethic you have, what type of personality you have, whether long you get, get along well, uh, well with others. And if they can trust you, trusting you has to do with making sure you can actually do the job that you're applying for. Mm -hmm. um, and those three components are absolutely key um, to making sure that you're prepared for the position. And then um, going back to the saying where preparation meets opportunity, opportunity has to do with just knowing somebody at the right time that they're hiring and being in the position to make sure that you're in a, uh, that you're able to be hired on to that company, uh, if that's making any sense. And it's, it's important to have both key components. Um, but sometimes uh, it, it's, it's not a perfect, like everything comes in together. And what do I mean by that is that there's some people that are incredibly prepared and they're amazing at whatever it is that they do, but they don't have the job yet because they're not putting themselves out there in order to get the opportunities mm -hmm. and vice versa. There's some people out there that are getting amazing jobs um, and they're not necessarily qualified immediately for it because they're, they're just putting themselves out there and they get the opportunity even though they're, they may not be ready for it yet. And what I, what I mean by that is there's actually some, one of my mentees that I talked to, he just got hired onto a position as a test engineer. And now he's making three times more money than he was as a video game tester. Um, and after this conversation that I had with him, he was like, I feel so lost. I like, I don't even know uh, what people are talking about when we go into meetings. And I feel like I'm so underqualified for this position. And that's the that's the imposter syndrome yeah. um, because he, he can he can actually do it. He's just not ready. Like he doesn't have the knowledge right now because he's still training for it. You know right. what I mean? Of course. And one one of the key takeaways from that is the reason why that they hired him on was because he showed the work ethic and the you know how jobs always want the self starter and a go getter and that type of thing. That's what he showed to these people already because he had been working with them. Um, so he was showing his work ethic and how well he gets along with others. And he got hired on because they knew that the skills that anybody can teach, what they can't teach is like the character of the person. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, an amazing opportunity for him to just get hired on, even though he wasn't um, technically able to do it yet, if that makes any sense. But um my bad. A little bit of a tangent. Going back to you, Mr. Byron, um, the, going to uh, your your transition to this new role, you mentioned that you're being more active on LinkedIn. Like, what did that mean exactly for you? Like, what were the actual steps that you were taking over these past two months? Um, you know, I've been kind of tracking my engagement on my posts, uh, trying to use more keywords, uh, try to make more interesting posts. So... Um, I try uh, about a year ago, I actually started posting tutorials on like how to put music and sound into video games. And I noticed I wasn't getting much attention from it. So I took a different approach with the newer articles that I was posting in that um, I was always teaching something or explaining a concept uh, at the same time, which I, I like to think goes a long way with showing that I understand what I'm doing. And for instance, um, 
the latest app I did, it wasn't music related, but it was this little fitness app that lets you um, calculate basically the amount of energy you're burning at rest uh, versus when you're active. It, it gives you categories for how active you are three to five days of working out, six to seven days of working out. And then it all kind of feeds into the formula. But I didn't just say, hey, I made this cool app. I explained what TDEE stands for, which is total daily um, expenditure, energy expenditure and uh, stuff like that. So if anyone else is interested, here's a little bit of um, an idea of like how to look, look that information up for themselves. I love that. I love that you, you started off just being active on LinkedIn and then you noticed that you weren't getting the engagement that you wanted. Mm -hmm. And so you made an adjustment and you made the adjustment in a way where it was providing more value to the viewer, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, it's a very important distinction because as human beings, we want the, a lot of times we're just concerned with ourselves and boosting like our own ego. And I'm definitely guilty of this a lot. Um, but understanding that, especially if you're, you're putting content out there, if you're doing it for the purpose of wanting other, other people to get interested, you have to think about, um, you have to think about the end user and what's their experience. And one of the things that I've always been taught is everybody is always, everybody is tuned into the same radio station, WIIFM. That stands for what's in it for me. <laughs> so they're going to watch the video because there's something in it for them as individuals. And that's what's going to keep them watching. They don't really care about how cool you are. They want to see like, how am I benefiting from whatever this tutorial is, um, you, that, that's put out on LinkedIn or whatever. And when you understand that's how you get engagement on your videos, then you can tailor make your content for the, for your audience. Yeah. Um, and that's absolutely huge. So I love that. Yeah, for sure. And something else that kind of went into that as well is um, kind of tracking um, the viewer, the viewer account, right? So I average about mm -hmm. four times the amount of views that I have followers on my LinkedIn account which is pretty cool. I've been listening to a lot of music business podcasts lately. I think I mentioned that on the last couple episodes, but um, basically a huge takeaway from that is that you can really help create a cool audience or a cool brand if you can uh, basically multiply the people listening to it. Like if you have an attachment rate beyond the people that are following you, then you know that it's being shared, it's being liked and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and like it's so cool that you're using these metrics and your understanding, like who's actually watching, um, how long do they engage for, uh, what's your view rate versus how many subscribers you have. And that all can give you very much needed information to help you make better decisions moving forward. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what this is all about. It's just constant and never ending improvement. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I love having these conversations because we're always getting better as we go along, mm -hmm. right? It's not just about doing something, but doing it for the purpose of getting better and learning because that's how we improve. And it feels so fulfilling when we can see the results of our efforts, right? Yeah. Um, and this is, that's what's so cool about having not only this adventure for ourselves, but also seeing other people as well. Mm -hmm. So any listeners out there, if you've got some wins that you have over the past, I don't know, weeks or months, you know, share them with us and let us help you celebrate. Mm -hmm. um, because that's part of building the community of um, 
just people in general that are constantly looking to improve themselves. And that's uh, ultimately, if you want to get that job that you're looking for, that's how you're going to get there. And um, everything that you want is outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Because if it wasn't outside of your comfort zone, you'd already have it. So in order to get the things that you want, you have to become a person that you've never been. And you have to make decisions that you hadn't made before and constantly grow. Um, and, and that's, that's, I, I love that part of this journey, not just for me, but for everybody else. And seeing this firsthand with you, Byron, it's, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. And to see this, like, like we've been working together for so many years yep. and to see like this opportunity come up and, uh, it, it just gives credibility to the concepts that I've been talking about and that we've been sharing with each other and that you've been sharing with me. Cause I know you get so much information from like the podcasts and, and uh, content that you listen to. Yeah. Um, so to see this all come into fruition and being part of this journey, it's, it's freaking awesome. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, um, also, you know, something else, a huge takeaway from this job, and this isn't to brag, but I want to give you guys a frame of reference of, uh, first point of contact to saying, Hey, come join us full time was literally three weeks. Whereas I've been on four month long interviews only to end up not getting the job. Now, the reason I bring this up is because, uh, I think it's important to be confident in how you carry yourself. And, uh, for me, I received a lot of advice. Oh, make sure you apply here. Make sure you follow up. And a lot of it seemed like it didn't really apply to me. The one that was most frustrating was follow-up. It's pretty difficult to follow up with an automated email message. Um, so I quickly learned that I was doing something maybe not wrong, but was not getting the results that I desired. So eventually I took what advice I enjoyed, that I liked, that I agreed with, and advice that I tried it didn't work, I just kind of threw it out. So what I mean by that is people say, oh, don't cold call because that'll never work. Well, a cold call literally got me a job three weeks later. So you never know. It's really all about understanding where they're coming from, where they are in the production cycle, and making a very informed decision before you decide on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it also goes to show that timing can be such a big part of it. Because if you had sent that message to that person Maybe a week later, maybe a week before, maybe that wouldn't have translated into you getting the job. But those, like a lot of those factors are out of your control. Right. The only thing that you can control is yourself mm -hmm. and your, uh, your ability to reach out. And you just put out as many, I'm sure that was just one of many messages that you sent out. Mm -hmm. But you don't need all of them to hit. You just need one to hit. Yeah, Right. that is. I forgot. I have reached out to multiple people. And even another one too, uh, I reached out to recruiters. I, I noticed that some of the recruiters didn't even get back to me. So I'm like, oh, okay, let me try a different approach. Reach out to the engineer. So that yeah. was, that was that, that, that worked out. Yeah. And it, it's, it's crazy because like a lot of the things on the other end, you don't have any visibility into mm -hmm. like some of those recruiters that you reached out to, you know, maybe they're amazing at recruiters. You just hit them up at a time where they're just going through something difficult in their life. Exactly. Right. And they weren't able to, to get to your message. But the thing is like, you, you don't know what happens on the other end. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important to be proactive in your own journey and your own progress. Um, because ultimately you're the one who's, who's responsible for that. Um, yeah. 
So like, and one of the cool things is like, you can keep doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, you just keep reaching out to more and more people. And then the more you do that, the more opportunities will come your way. And then you have the option of saying, I've got five different opportunities. Which one works best for me? Yeah. You see what I mean? I, because I, like your skill set is there. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you know your stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, more and opportunities. Even, and even uh, to further that point you just made, hey, you can start choosing for opportunities. Um, I won't go too much in detail for it, but I was reached out recently, and Steve knows about this, for another opportunity. And I actually got his opinion on it recently. I was a little bit hesitant to accept it just because I wasn't sure based on the terms for the agreement. But hey, I think it worked out for the best. The, the opportunity I have now is much more in line with my skill set. It actually pays more. Um, and I, it's it's just a much better situation for me. So I appreciated the other guy. I let him know what was going on. But just make sure that you're connected to people. Because the funny thing is that um, the way that the person had reached out to me before for the previous opportunity was through a friend named George Sanger that I met through San Diego. And it mm -hmm. just so happens that he was also the mutual connection for the engineer that I reached out to at the company that I wanted to work at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it, it's crazy that this is how all of the opportunities come your way and how networking kind of plays into a lot of this because you mentioned mutual connections. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why having uh, just just being a good person and being of service will help out in so many ways because you never know how those interactions in that time may impact you somewhere in the future. Right. That's, mm -hmm. that's why a lot of times you're, you're told never to burn bridges. Yeah. Um, I think that's very sound advice because like you don't know who, who you come across and how your interactions may impact something that happens in the future. So for example, I'm working as a recruiter right now and, um, I'm helping out one of my former leads get a role as a producer. Cool. Um, and this this is somebody that I have not worked with directly for, what is it, maybe 10 years? And now I'm in an opportunity to help him out because I remember how much of an impact he had on my life way back years ago. Right. right? And we just, because I'm, an, because I'm a recruiter now, I'm in a position to reach out and help help them in their careers. And, um, yeah, I just remember how amazing he treated me and all the stuff that I learned from him. So it's such an awesome feeling for me to be able to help return the favor for him mm -hmm. uh, because I'm in a position to do so now. Like before, he was he was a boss. He was a mentor. He was the one that was teaching me everything. But I remember the impact that he had on me. Mm -hmm. And it's natural for me to want to give that back to him. So it, it feels good. And the more that you go out and help others, it's that karma that comes back to you. So... Um, and then I know a lot of times that we can get stuck in our own head and be, you know, get down on ourselves. But one of the best cures for that is finding ways to go out and help other people, mm -hmm. because not only does it feel good for you, but it has a way of just um, manifesting itself and returning that energy coming back to you. So I, I think karma is a real thing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it also goes in. It's also in line with what we mentioned in the last episode when we talked with Tony. And he and we talked mm -hmm. about surrounding yourself with positive people. Um, that really goes a long way. And um, I know with George, uh, we first met because, well, we both lived in San Diego at the time. And I met him. He found out about our game, my game dev club that I helped run at school. 
And I was just like, hey, you want to come check it out? And he's like, yeah, sure. So we welcomed him in, even though technically we weren't supposed to because he's not a student. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You can come. And he was just <laughs> really impressed with, I guess, how well I was able to communicate with the programmers on the same level. And he was just like, wow, I want to kind of learn from you too. And then so we just kind of kept that relationship going. And we talk uh, pretty frequently as well. Dude, that's awesome. And like, just that, that human interaction, that ability to communicate with somebody, getting to know um, who they are as a person, what are their motivations? What are the things that they're, they're good at? Um, that interaction is huge because like you have, you've built up a certain trust with this person now. So it's very easy to be able to recommend him for, you know, whatever he does and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the type of information that companies are trying to get from you during an interview, right? Mm -hmm. So they want to see how well you interact with others on a day-to-day basis. And that's the difficulty of just applying purely online and just sending out a resume is because they can see, you know, bullet points on what you, on what you, what your work history is, if you've done it well, and Mm -hmm. that's another story. Mm -hmm. Um, but what's missing from that is like, who are you as a person? How well do you get along with others? And that's what they're trying to cram into a one hour interview. You know, if they call you in, even if you get to that. So I understand that there's so many different um, like hurdles that you need to jump in order to get a job. And this is one of the ways of kind of bypassing it is to um, to work on and focus on the relationships. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I've, I've learned is that when, a lot of times when recruiters are looking at resumes, the way, the best way that they can determine if somebody can do a job is if they've done, if they've done it before. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So they'll look at a resume and a lot of times they're, they're looking out for, especially in video games, they're looking for people with AAA experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do they have a big company like Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo on their resume? And that's what will catch their eye because when they see that on someone's resume, they understand that, oh, this person's worked in a high level corporate environment already. So that gives them the confidence that they'll be able to take that, um, that work ethic into another job. Now, the problem with that is there's so many amazing people out there that don't have the big names on their resume. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm an amazing programmer, but I don't have the, the Microsoft or the Sony on my resume. How do I get a job? Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what we've been discussing. Yep. It's like you build the relationships with the people that are making the decisions so that you can give them the trust that you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? One, one amazing way is being more active on LinkedIn. Yeah. And like you said, you're teaching your skills online. Mm-hmm. So that shows that you're already competent at what you do. Yeah. Right? You're not faking it. Yeah. You're not reading off of a script. It's coming straight from your brain yeah, to the video, yeah. to the audience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the type of, that's the way that you can show that you can do a job, not necessarily with having you know, a name on your resume and then being able to make relationships. Because when you put this stuff online, you're communicating directly to anybody that's viewing your video, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that can live online for a long time. So this video can be on, on the internet for months or years. Mm-hmm. So somebody could see this potential, they see this video that you made like three years from now and say, oh, Byron's amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to reach out to him. But you're not, you're not 
uh, actively applying to a job, it's something that somebody sees mm -hmm. years down the road, yeah. right? So yeah. this is an investment in yourself. Another reason why using tools like LinkedIn can be so important. Yeah. So freaking amazing, amazing example. Thank you, Byron. Yeah, exactly. And then something else I thought of as we were talking, um, uh, an issue that I, I find, especially with creatives, is they are incredibly narrow-minded. I, I believe I was as well. Um, and they say, I don't want to take this job. It's not relevant to where I want to go. I don't want to do this because mm -hmm. it, it, whatever. And so I have a friend who has an incredibly positive outlook on life. He says that he's like, he, he studied game design, but he's in IT right now. But he told me something that was just so positive. He said, I believe that no experience that I've had in life is useless. I think I can relate it all to what I want to do in game design and I can find a way to apply it. And so uh, to give an example for myself, uh, the job I had before this, um, I worked at a COVID testing center just due to the fact that it was difficult to get work in 2020. And obviously that's the kind of job that's acti actively hiring right now. And I didn't necessarily enjoy what I was doing. I enjoyed working with, I, I liked my coworkers and everything like that. But I think I mentioned this to Steve, but a goal that I set for myself when I first worked there was, hey, I want to put myself out there, make sure I'm sociable, talking to different, um, uh, a lot of different people, understanding where they're coming from. Make sure that I'm not always dominating the conversation, understanding, um, you know, let them talk because am I, and the reason I think that relates is because I think, I think that communication is a skill you have to practice. And um, in terms of this job that I just got, I remember when I first went to LA to talk to them in the studio, I got along with everyone in the office before I even got a chance to talk to the CEO. I got, I actually memorized everyone's name that I talked to already. Um, practice, practice from, from, from that last job I had. So again, I think that experience was incredibly helpful to get me to where I want to go. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Just, and, and when it comes to building relationships, touching on the fact that you memorized everybody's name ahead of time. Um, I, I'm not sure if, if I taught you that, but I know that that's definitely one of the skills that I've used as well. Um, just in my career. So I remember when I originally transitioned to being a production manager for a studio, one of the first things that I did was I memorized everybody's name and face in this 120 person studio. And the way that I did that is um, there was, there was some sort of event that we had where I had to do a giveaway. So I had everybody come to my workstation in order to pick up their giveaway. And while they were there, I asked them, hey, would it be okay if I take a picture of you just so that I can remember name and face? Mm -hmm. I, I, I preface it with, hey, I've got this really weird request. Um, and then I just say, would you mind taking a picture so that I can you know, remember names and faces? And when I did that, and then I took the time, I literally had all of the names, all of the faces on like a, a slideshow, and I would train myself remembering their names. And I had it all down within like a week. Um, yeah. So that when I interact with these people over the course of my job, I'd be able to call them by name. And they, I, I would notice that they would respond in ways like, wow, this person knows me. Yeah. Right? And it, I've only been here a week. Yeah. And I would like to contrast that with some other experiences that I have with people that I meet every day. And I feel embarrassed because I've seen them for weeks or months at a time and I still don't know what their name is, yeah. right? Even if it's just uh, uh, like the person that we get coffee from when we go to a, a cafe mm -hmm. and just understanding how much 
power and influence that you can have on somebody's day just by remembering their name. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that I'm constantly training myself on because I know the impact it, that it has. And I know that um, like it's a skill that I need to keep practicing um, because I don't want to be that person that sees you all the time and then doesn't know your name. So I constantly have to um, like when I hear somebody tell me their name, I have to like I have to ask them to repeat it like three times. Yeah. And that's one of the ways that I that it helps me remember it. So, yeah. dude, that's that's freaking awesome that you did that. I love yeah, it. I love that. I love it. And um, again, because um, I know that the art, the audience we're targeting is probably people about my age. Uh, maybe just finishing college, starting college, stuff like that. Um, I think, and this is kind of, I guess, a hot take, but I think personally business cards are an incredibly in, impersonal way of, of doing business. And uh, the reason I say this is because I remember going to GDC back in 2019 and I was with a bunch of college students and we got into the circle. And we did something that I did not agree with, which was we all just kind of grabbed a business card and then handed it to the person next to us even if that wasn't someone we talked to. And I'm like, cool, that business card is going to end up in a pile on their desk or it's going to end up in the trash. And mm-hmm. I've told people, I think business cards are kind of useless. And they're like, oh, how can you say that? And I'm like, it's cool having a website, cool having a business card to make yourself look professional. But I think using LinkedIn to show your expertise is much more powerful. And like you said, taking that picture, uh, writing down a few notes on something that you said and following up afterwards and bringing that up in the email is way more powerful than a business card could ever do for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, another thing about um, people's psychology in general is that they want to know that they've, that they've made some sort of impact in your life. Yes. And that's why um, just having, just remembering what are the things that you discussed mm-hmm. and remembering somebody's name, those can be, extremely important just for building the relationships because you're validating somebody else's experience. you're validating that you know you care about them as a human being as opposed to you know somebody who just um is not present during a conversation and i'm i'm sure we've done we've all done this we've all come across people that have done this yeah um so it's it, it's just one of those things where you can now that you're knowing learning these things you can be more mindful um, to make sure that you don't make these mistakes moving forward because of understanding what the, the potential impacts are. Um, so yeah, definitely lessons learned is to be present in conversations. And I, it's difficult for me because a lot of times my mind will start to drift mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll drift um, not only thinking about other things, but just thinking about how do I want to respond mm-hmm. instead of listening to the actual conversation and digesting what the other person is saying? Um, and that's, that's huge for me. Uh, Cause one of the lessons that I learned is you should listen twice as much as you speak. That's <laughs> why we have two ears at one mouth. Wow. Right? I like that saying. That's cool. So use that as kind of like a reference that, Hey, you want to be an effective communicator, really genuinely listen to who your audience is or whoever the person is across from you. Um, and you'll be much more effective as a communicator. And I know that's super weird because typically when um, when we think of excellent communicators, we think about somebody on stage, somebody that's like a, a, a personality on a, a celebrity or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that um, a lot of times I've had conversations with people and they compliment me on how well of a communicator, how good of a communicator I am. 
But really, all I did was listen to what they had to say and ask follow-up questions on, you know, what is it that they were talking about? Because I genuinely want to learn who they are as a person, you know, what are their experiences? Because I know that there's gold in everybody, mm -hmm. um, not just older people, mentors, successful business people, but anybody that has some sort of story in their life. There's something that I can learn from them. Yeah. And then when I take that mentality into a conversation, um, it helps me, one, keep my ego in check. And two, it gives me an open mind to understand that I can learn something from anybody. And I think that's huge. Um, so, yeah, that's a couple of the networking tips that I have is just like genuinely want to learn from other people because, you know, everybody's got some, something that they can teach you. Yeah. Make sure you guys listen to Steve. I would say 90 to 95% <laughs> of the stuff that I do uh, is, is definitely advice that I've gotten from Steve. So, so far on the podcast, you've heard him mention Fresh and all of the techniques he gave to Tony last week. Uh, yeah. Steve, Steve will definitely... Uh, drive you towards the right direction. <laughs> and, and the reason why I've, I'm able to come up with stuff, like I, do, I don't come up with the stuff on my own. Yeah. What I do is I seek out successful people and I learn from them just as hopefully some of you are learning from me right now. Because a lot of the stuff isn't, they're not things that I'm creating. It's just they're successful principles in life. It's like, these are the things, if you want to be successful, you can do these things. And it's up to you to decide whether or not you want to follow it. My goal is to just help bring those concepts, find out the ones that work and help spread them to the people that will use it. Right. Like I give this same information to as, as many people that will listen to me as possible. And my goal is to just be that source of hope, of wisdom, of hopefully and um, and just a weight, a person to champion others in their journey, wherever they are. Right. Because mm -hmm. there are some people that I've talked to for years and it's not until like year one or two that the, the stuff that I say actually clicks and, and that's okay because everybody's in a different stage of their journey. Right. My goal is to just bring out the, the truth and, and say what helps. And then it's up to each individual to, um, to kind of figure that out during their own path. So um, wherever you are, this, this is what we're here for. We're here to help. Yeah, that's what's cool. And hopefully you guys can start implementing some of this stuff while you're in school because it becomes way harder to really create a, uh, a schedule for, your your, for yourself after school. You don't have your homework assignments. And man, being self-disciplined is so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> and, and, and that's one of the things that companies look for is who are the people that have the self-discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, cause that's the, that's a, a real sign of maturity that you can do something on your own and not necessarily need somebody to, to sit there and tell you to do it. And that's one of the difficulties with transitioning from a, uh, from like education to the professional world is that when you go to a college, when you go to high school, you go to these classes that somebody else has arranged for you mm -hmm. and you have a teacher that spoon feeds you all of the information that you need to learn and they get they tell you what textbooks to read um and they they pretty much write exactly what you have to do but when it comes to surviving as an adult and in the professional workforce a lot of times you need to make the decisions yourself <laughs> and it's yeah. up to you to figure out the answers instead of waiting for a teacher to come to you and give it to you right um so that's that was definitely one of the biggest issues that I had because 
in high school, I I got really good grades. I had like a 4.0 GPA oh, wow. and me being the me being the the cocky, you know, egotistic teenager that I was, I was like, "Oh, I got good grades in high school. Yeah, life is going to be easy for me." And then I got into the real world and I figured, "Oh, crap. Uh, yeah, there's still a lot that I need to learn." Um, and life has a way of uh, giving you a kick in the butt when you need it. Um, and that was definitely a kick in the butt for me. Um, so just going through these learning processes, that's why I love having these conversations to hopefully help people from making the same mistakes that I made when I was right. And I think that's, this is what it's all about is helping others in their journey so that sometime down the road, they'll be able to help even more people on their journey. And like, I know that I've had so many mentors in my life. That's why I want to be able to give back because I remember how good it felt for me to have somebody that I could go to um, whenever I had questions. You know, what are the mistakes that I'm making that I can't see myself, but you being an experienced person with an outside perspective, you can kind of look at me and say, hey, you know, you should make this tweak here, that adjustment there, and then you'll have much better results. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool process. Yeah, cool. And also... Um uh, to go for even further on that, I think a big thing is um, uh, if you're starting out, don't be afraid of pivoting if you need to. I think that's because I, I did. I started out doing music and audio, and um, now I'm, I consider myself a decent programmer. That's probably going to be the bulk of what I do there. Um, and the reason I say that is because, uh, well, first thing is rent still there. Food still needs to be paid. Uh, student loans mm-hmm. still need to be paid off. So regardless of what you're doing, um, uh, it, it still needs to be paid. But also pivoting in the sense that if you're talking to someone more experienced, like when I talk to Steve and he gives you advice, be open-minded and implementing it. And I think that just really goes yeah. a long way. And um, you never know, like you could also be more creative. And um, for me, it's worked out because I love programming. But I'm, being, I'm pretty fortunate in that the company I work at is a music tech company. So I actually still get to do some recording while I'm there. So that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you uh, highlighted pivoting because pivoting is a part of life, especially when you're growing up you're st- and, and you're transitioning from, uh, from education to the workforce. It's... Like, it's hard to know what it is that you want to do if you haven't experienced everything that the world has to offer. Mm-hmm. And the more that you go out and, and test new, new experiences, new job opportunities, you're not going to know. And when, when it comes to pivoting, I made a pivot, a pivot recently um, from being a video game developer mm-hmm. to being a video game recruiter. And that was, that's just been part of my journey because I, I was honest with myself in, like, what is it that's truly bringing me joy? And growing up, you know, coming out of high school, my original intent was to become a, an accountant because of, you know, I was good in math and, uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, you get a job because you need money, right? So I was studying money, learning, learning accounting. I got my associates in, in that and then I realized how ridiculously boring accounting was for me. Now, that's just being honest with myself. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There are people out there that love nothing more than being a, be behind a spreadsheet all day, every day. But for me, that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. So through my journey, I, I realized that, oh, you know what? I loved video games as a kid. Maybe I can turn that into a career. So that's when I got into testing. And I was like, oh, I love testing. Maybe I should get into development. 
So that's when I transitioned to working in a studio. Mm-hmm. And then over the past few years, I realized I still love video games, but you know what? I'm really loving helping people out in their mm-hmm. careers. Mm-hmm. So that made a transition from me doing video game development to being a video game recruiter. And that what's bring me, uh, that's what brings me here today is that I still love doing it. And it's just, I found a way to get paid for what I love to do. And I think this is all part of the journey. I don't know exactly where I'm going to be in five years, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to have to do something with video games, personal development and helping others. Yeah. So the cool thing is, you know, when we do this podcast five years in the future, being able to look at this episode, see, oh, well, what, what actually happened? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it's okay to, to have, you know, the idea of what you do want and understanding that things might change because you as a person, you grow up and then the world itself changes, right? Like who would have imagined of being a YouTube star today, you know, like 10 years ago, <laughs> Like YouTube yeah. wasn't really around 10 years ago, right? Not really. No. So you have to be able to evolve. You have to be able to evolve with, uh, with the world and just be honest with what yourself, what are the things that you love? And then how do you take that into the world that currently is? And how do you find a way to make a living and have it amazing doing it? So yeah. this is all part of the process. Yeah, definitely. And I can't remember where I read this. Maybe it was a Reddit post or something, but, uh, I was reading about um, dream jobs and doing what you're passionate about. And someone had a really thoughtful response in the comments. They're saying that uh, a lot of times it's not necessarily what you're doing that's giving you that enjoyment. There's some deeper idea or behind it. For you, it's helping others. And honestly, like for you, you say it's pivoting to being a recruiter, but to me, it makes perfect sense because you're already unofficially doing that in your last few years at Sony. And uh, for me, um, I've always enjoyed problem solving, tinkering on the computer, figuring stuff out. So I'm not sad that I went through getting a music degree, did music, and now I'm doing programming because I enjoy both. <laughs> so uh, the and it just so happens that programming is the medium through which I do my problem solving now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's just you being honest with yourself. Like, what are the things that you love to do? And what are the things that you're good at? And uh, one of the things that I learned um, is something called the hedgehog concept. And I got this from a book called Good to Great by Jim Collins. So if you ever want to read that, but it's, it's an amazing book that talks about the differences between uh, good companies and great companies. And, and it does this incredible study that shows like what are the big separations. And one of the key concepts they talk about is, is something called a hedgehog concept. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short is it's what are the three different aspects uh, that you should um, focus on in order to find like your dream career, or dream job, right? And this works not only for big companies, but it also works for individuals. And there are three key components. The first one is what are you passionate about, right? What's the thing that you love so much that you do it for free? The second part is what's the thing that you are best at? Like what are your natural, uh, if you want to call them God-given talents, you know, what is that thing for you? And then the third part is what's something that people will pay you for, right? <laughs> like what's something that, uh, that you can actually make money doing? And it's very important to find a career or develop a career that fits those three concepts for you. 
Because let's look at the different combinations if it's only two out of the three, right? Mm -hmm. What if it's something that you love to do and you're really good at it, but nobody's paying for you? Yeah. Uh, they're not paying you to do it. That's called a hobby, right? For a lot of people, that's video games, right? They yeah. love video games. They get really good at it, but nobody's paying for uh, paying them to do it. So it's just a hobby that takes up their time. Yeah, they love it, and, and it gives them like the fulfillment. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they need some other source of income. So they need to take time away from their passion to earn money, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's look at another combination. What if it's something that you love to do, and you can make money doing it, but you're no good at it? <laughs> That is, that's, that's, a, that's like mediocrity, right? Yeah. Nobody really wants to, uh, to hire um, people that are mediocre at what they do, right? You'll be really successful if you can, if you understand where you are in the hierarchy, mm -hmm. um, right? So the example that I like to give for myself is professional basketball, right? Mm -hmm. I love playing basketball, right? People make millions upon millions of dollars playing basketball. But for me, being five foot four, uh, 40 years of age at this moment, am I going to make it as a professional basketball player? The truth is, no, it's just not in my cards. Those weren't the, the, the gifts that I was given, you know, at birth. Right. And that's just me being honest with myself. Um, and that's cool. But just understanding that basketball for me is, um, yeah, it's not one of those things that I'm going to be amazing. And OK, what if there's what's what's the third combination? What if it's something that you don't love doing? but you can get really good at it and it pays a lot of, that's like a dead end job, yeah. right? If you think about it, that's a lot of people that spend years upon years getting um, master's degrees and PhDs in uh, industries that, they, that make them miserable, right? Mm -hmm. You see them all the time. Yeah. Some people, they'll, they'll become a doctor because that's what their parents wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't bring them joy. They get paid well for it, but they're miserable every single day that they go in the office. And I'm, I'm sure we've all seen people that are uh, that have regret in their lives because they've spent so much time getting good at things that don't matter to them. Yeah. And that I don't think that's a, a, a recipe for having a good life. So that's why it's very important to have those three components. What are you passionate about? What can you be really good at? And what will people pay you uh, pay you money for? And we're not just talking about. Uh, you're making a living. We're talking about if they can pay you ridiculous amounts of money, that's what you should shoot for. Mm -hmm. And that's where I am in my journey. That's what I'm, you know, that's video games, right? For me is like, I love video games. Nobody has to tell me. About um, people are making tons of money, especially today with video games. Whether it's esports or development. Um, and for me, I'm seeing if I can become a world-class recruiter. That's my goal. I'm not quite there yet, but this is my process. And this is, this is me going through this journey, just like I'm encouraged to find whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. What are you passionate about? What are you good at? And what will the world pay you ridiculous uh, amounts of money for? And that's what yeah. this is all about. Yeah, definitely. And a big part of that for me as well, I mentioned earlier about um, um, some advice I received. Uh, maybe I didn't find it worked for me. Um, you know, I did music growing up. People said, oh, you should do it. But it's kind of funny. I say graduating with a music degree is graduating in hard mode <laughs> in a video game, <laughs> which it kind of is. Um, so maybe finding a middle ground between that. For me, it's music software because I enjoy mm -hmm. both. And that's actually what I'm doing right now, which I'm incredibly lucky for. So um, and when I quit my last job, people say, oh, why are you quitting? Um, didn't you want to stay for this? Or, oh, but I'm like, no. Because everyone else has this preconceived idea of what you should be doing and where you're at. 
but only you really truly know like what's what's next for you right because my friend got a cool job in it at that company oh byron are you transitioning to that too no i'm not trying to go into it they asked me that multiple times oh byron why don't you switch to this apartment no nah, i'm no i'm not no and i i stuck with my you know I, I i held my ground and i believe that it paid off yeah and i love that you are taking control of your destiny because in the end you can say you know what i made these choices i'm responsible for the results that i'm getting or not getting and based on the decisions that you make you can learn from your from those decisions and use that to improve your your duty forward mm -hmm. as opposed to if you had listened to somebody else and taken their advice and then it failed then like and blaming them so oh you gave me some wrong advice but ultimately it's your life mm -hmm. so it's up to you to make these decisions and you're cool with that because mm -hmm. you know that it's it's your life and you get to live it however you and part of it is sometimes you know what i'm gonna go into this probably a mistake but who knows yeah we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out right mm -hmm. and that's part of the fun of just being alive is just going out and testing stuff and saying oh pff, probably shouldn't have done that but you know that's going to be a great story moving forward yeah. um and that's uh, another one of the things i want people to take away is like forgive yourself on your journey right it's it's cool to make mistakes it's cool to test them out uh, test stuff out because that's how we get innovators in this world people that go out and try to do something that's never been done mm -hmm. and then they oh they get some surprising results oh you know what that actually worked maybe we'll keep doing it again um so it, this is life this yeah. is it yeah. and i know that this is like video games that we've been talking about but so much of it applies to life in general so um yeah be be courageous in whatever it is that you do and like you said earlier on a podcast take all of these experiences and make sure that you're learning from it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and uh, i'm not sure if you agree with this one um but the last like we're, i know we're, we're actually running short on time about 10 minutes left but i just want to leave you guys with this this advice that i that i received i thought it was awesome there's this uh, musician that i follow on youtube named stephen malin he's like a great composer but I think he's even he's an even better entrepreneur. Um, so he got his master's degree in music, but he said like a flip, uh, a switch flipped as soon as he graduated. He was like twenty five, whatever. He said, "All right, cool. So how do I make a living doing this?" So he really treated his business, his music, as a business. And he has this one rule of thumb that I actually took quarantine to actually uh, try out, which was if you're gonna pivot, uh, take six months and run with it. And then after that six months, reevaluate to see if you're getting any results from it. And I'm like, whoa, that's, that's really cool. Like, try, and I tried that. And I believe that this is the result of that because I found that programming really was getting me a lot further than the music was. And it's not like I hate programming. So I'm like, cool, well, let's, let's roll with that and, and see where that takes me. Yeah, I I love that. Just the the ability to focus on one thing and put um, put all of your effort into that. Now I understand that everybody out there has their own situation, right? Some people listening to this might, you know, they've got multiple kids or you know they've got a family. Others are single with no uh, no significant others, so they can you know just focus on something for six straight months. And the 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 advice is sound is like find out like t 
test something out and yeah. put as much effort into it as you can as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you put anything less than 100%, then you don't know if, if it fails if it was due to lack of effort, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things that we always have to keep in mind. It's like, did I really give it my best shot? Because if I put 100% of effort and I still don't succeed, then it gives me an idea that, okay, well, there's some other things that I can change. My techniques, mm-hmm. um, maybe it's the connections that I have. But if you go out and, and half-ass it, then maybe you're, if, if you don't succeed, maybe it was that effort, the lack of effort that, uh, that resulted in you failing. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I absolutely love, hey, yeah, if you're going to pivot, like do it full force as much as you can. Yeah, and then definitely. from there, it'll give you some better ideas. Yeah. yeah, that six months is definitely an arbitrary number. Um, you you basically distilled down the main idea of what he was trying to get across with that. So, hey, and this is like I said, it's it is also dependent on wherever you are in your journey, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you can do that six months right now, but it's something that you definitely want to keep in mind for the future, and maybe design that into the changes that you. So, if maybe you're going to say, "Hey, I'm going to save up six months of rent." and all of my expenses so that I can quit a job and focus full force on it for six months. But you know, that's, that's up to you to decide. Yeah. And that's one of the things that um, that's why having individual conversations is so important um, so that you can talk to somebody that's a, a little more experienced and maybe help you transition and find opportunities and, and options and solutions that you may not be Right. So like here, you and I, Byron, we're giving some um, high level advice, I guess. But each each person out there can um, may not necessarily know how like what are the actual steps and the mechanics of putting that into place. And that's why it's important to just have open up a conversation. So if anybody wants to reach out, you know, we have our contacts somewhere in podcast world. If you want to reach out to us. Um, you know, let's open up the conversation. Let's see how we can actually take this, take somebody through, put them through this process. And then we can follow along as we continue this podcast. We'll be able to reach out to people that we've had these conversations with and see what they're, um, how it's worked out for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And, uh, all right, Steve. So like I said, we're actually running short on time. So, um, are any, any uh, last words that you'd like to leave them with? Besides what you just uh, said, yeah. So, yeah, and and what I'm going to do is somewhere on this podcast, wherever it is, I'm going to put a link for uh, my personal contact information. Uh, if you want to set up a meeting with me to have a, a one-on-one chat, um, you're going to have access to my calendar. You'll be able to book like a 30-minute meeting, and then you know, we'll be able to discuss. Uh, and my goal ultimately is to. Um, help you out to get wherever it is that you want to go. It may not happen immediately, um, but I see this as an ongoing conversation. And uh, this is the first step is to just see who wants it. And then we'll, we'll go from there. Cool. Yeah. That's almost, I feel like that's almost exactly what you said to me four or five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just, I, distinct, I distinctly remember um, leaving the meeting with Steve with the, the meeting we had as a, as a group and he's like, here's my contact information. I reached out to him. And then at the end of that meeting, Steve said, I expect this to not be the last meeting we have. I expect to see, I think you said like a two weeks or a month. I expect to see another meeting with your name on it so we can follow up. And then here we are four years, five years later, whatever it is. So yeah, 
definitely does take some time for for stuff to, to work itself out. Right on. Um, and yeah, that's another reason why I just love being able to reach out to as many people as possible because you never know when you're going to reach them at the right moment. And uh, yeah, that's my goal is just to put out the information out there. And um, my intent is always the same to help people out and the people that are ready for it, they'll, they'll keep coming back. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed right. this episode. I had a lot of fun talking about it. I hope it didn't sound like I was bragging. I was really hoping that there's a takeaway from my experiences and in, in getting to this new opportunity. Yeah. I, mean, I I personally don't see it as bragging, Mr. Byron. I love that you've had, and I love that we can learn from your experience. So um, if anybody else has any other wins that they can share that will be valuable for the audience, you know, put it in the comments below. So we'd, great, we'd be uh, happy to hear from you. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Later.